stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Coming at you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is the Blue Heaven Podcast. What is going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as Real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. To my left is the legend himself. He only goes by Stop. DMAC <laughs> underscore LA. Doug McCain, welcome to another Monday of exciting no Dodgers talk. How are you doing, my guy? Find him DMAC underscore on Twitter and Instagram. I'm doing great, Mr. Clint. I'm still still mourning the loss of our Dodgers, but I did exhale. I did exhale. I think I've turned the corner a little bit. I think we've we've dissected it enough. Where it's time to not just move on, but to discuss how do we fix this Dodger team and find a way to get them into the Fall Classic next season. Also, the Padres, they're done. Of course, they already won their World Series, and I'm sure there's going to be a big parade. There's going to be banners, and I just think that those guys, the that's what's in, oh. what happened to them? I think they scared away the goose. And that was it. And their, their luck was done. Listen, I'm just saying those dudes, those dudes probably had, you know, I just feel bad for their wives, even though they're probably divorced. I feel bad for their wives because that's embarrassing. That's some really embarrassing stuff, but Philly, Philly going down to yellow and Brown. No, they're going down to Houston to try to win themselves. Yeah, World Series. Guys, we do have world series talk on today's show. You got to wonder, is everybody, is every Dodger fan a Philly fan right about now? We'll talk a little bit about that. We want to get your thoughts in the comments below. Let us know where you guys are representing Dodgers Nation at in the comments, by the way. Send us your zip codes or area codes, not zip codes. Damn it. I stop doing that. Area codes are the one with the three, the three numbers and cities and all that kind of stuff. Let's talk Dodgers. Um, we also want to plug our own stuff a little bit and Dodgers free agency preview. We're going to get low level, high level and something we're going to be talking about a whole lot over the next few months. So we got before we get into the show, we got to remind you, this is a podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, everywhere your podcasts are available for free. We live there. So go check that stuff out. Leave a, leave a review, leave a million star uh, uh, you know, thing if you can. And this is a live stream, so jump into the comments. Let's get into some of the comments right now. Let me know what you got over there. I, I see Bruce checking in, 503 Portland, Oregon. Uh, Gian Gian asking for a belly update. I don't know what belly update you want. There's no update to speak of uh, so far. I mean, not that I know of. They're having a second kid. Yeah, there's an update there. So he did score this uh, postseason. Maybe he needs some more dad strength. I mean, one dad's, one kid dad strength was enough <laughs> to turn Belly's career around. Maybe the second one will help. But uh, no news on Belly quite yet. It does feel like they are heading for a non-tender situation. We'll see. Of course, we'll have plenty of time to discuss that. But right now, no update on Belly. But we got Bruce Davis from the 503 Portland, Oregon. We've got Travis. I'm not rooting for any team. I'm rooting for Bryce Harper. Lots of Bryce Harper love out there in Dodger right? land. Lots that of just yeah, kind of popped up. It did. I mean, and look, he's a great player and he's the hottest baseball player on the planet with the bat. This guy is just absolutely raking. And look, we saw in 2020, Cody Bellinger gets that big home run to send the Dodgers to the World Series. Last year, Rosario got that big hit. And then, of course, it was Bryce Harper. And how about that call from Joe Davis? You know, there are a few silver linings in this whole thing, in this whole postseason. 
just getting knowing people are getting the chance to fully experience Joe Davis for the first time. That, that's really cool, man. He got himself a hell of a call. And, you know, some people just heard the home run call before entering that at bat. He set up a whole thing about Harper and he, he perfectly laid out the canvas for the moment. And then Harper laid out the paint yeah. and it was, it was brilliantly done. And I'm excited to see, um, see what he does in the world series his first shot doing yeah, it yeah he's gonna wait, kill it i'm waiting for folks to be like uh you know talking crap on him like they did for joe buck for years that he's a homer i know clearly he's rooting for the dodgers here if he says one bad thing about the astros and if he mentions the cheating scandal once which he will probably but he's also you know very good at towing the line so Congrats. He's a professional, but Congrats I was just happy that we got to hear an iconic phrase, the the swing of his life, right? Instead yeah. of back at the wall, right? it's gone. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I love about Joe Davis is the fact that he doesn't have a set home run call. Every uh -huh. call is unique. <laughs> no, but Santa Maria. Imagine that. Oh, Vasquezian. Santa Maria. Oof. Yeah, that would have been pretty rough. But, yeah, what a moment in Philly. I mean, Philly's rocking. They've been one of the best teams in the second half of the season. Dave Dombrowski's fourth World Series team. I mean, it's just unbelievable. They had the juice. They got the momentum. I'm sure we'll talk a little more about the Phillies during this show. But, yeah, I mean, they're just a great example of they're the hottest team in baseball. And you ride Absolutely. that heat wave all throughout the postseason. And then you combine that with, with stars and stars that come through in the postseason and get that big hit. They got the aces, they yeah. got a bullpen, they got a manager, and they're just all, they're just firing on all cylinders. And yeah, to answer your question, I am rooting for the Phillies right now. I'm the other Philly, I'm the West Coast Philly fanatic right now, okay? And I just need this Phillies team to beat this Astros team because... Yeah, I think you got like you got stars, you got the Astros. Of course, there is the Dusty Baker angle, which I think it does make it interesting. I mean, would you feel good about Dusty Baker getting a ring? Hmm. He's he was a Dodger before my time. Like yeah. that to me, he's still the Giants manager for that long. He's always been the guy managing against the Dodgers more than being the the guy that we have a bobblehead of somewhere over here in a Dodger uniform. That's a long, long time ago. Dusty is now the enemy, and the Astros aren't people we like. You know, you know what really does suck is like if they didn't do what they done did, the Astros would be a feel a feel good story. You know, but they're just plainly not. I don't want to talk too much about the Astros. I'd rather talk about the Phillies. Um, you, know, you you talk about you know a team full of stars and all that. I, I do want to get into more comments before we get into uh, you know World Series talk and all that. But it is a team that does have a lot of stars they took time to build and and you know little dips and forays into free agency you got harper you got real mudo the the schwarber deal proving to be an uh, mm -hmm. uh you know sneaky brilliant move for this team castellanos is doing some doing some stuff gene segura uh it's a good team it's a it's a it's a hodgepodge of 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 human bodies that's getting it done here so far and, and playing some fun to watch uh, Major League Baseball. Juice Neros in the stream says, we are not Phillies fans now. It is okay to not give a crap about baseball right now. We are still healing. Fully agree with that. If that's, um, if that's somebody's stance, if that's somebody's take on it, they don't need to be watching. I don't know. My I, I'm the world, a I love to hate watch. I'm a, base, I'm a baseball freak, but uh, yeah. apparently you you have a bit of a, a cuckold relationship here with baseball. <laughs> I mean, look, I I think you talk about two teams that 
the the Astros, the Trastros, they still haven't won a legitimate World Series in their franchise's history, but they have made it back. They have yeah. made it back on multiple occasions, and I think they have a lot to prove. They think that if they go in there and they win this World Series, it validates everything they've done. You've got young stars. You have old aces in the Verlanders. You have Jordan Alvarez, the should-have-been Dodgers. So I think there's a lot of good storylines that are within this World Series. Yeah. But on the same token, when you consider the blow it was for the Dodgers to lose as early as they did, it's tough to watch these games and not have your mind just wander to game four to all the mishaps that the Dodgers went through. I mean, that's to me what I kind of grapple with is just not is watching these games and being able to be present without thinking, why didn't Dave Roberts put in Evan Phillips and just the certain miscues that the Dodgers had. But yeah, I mean, I think this Phillies team, you got to give them a lot of credit. I think that's going to be the interesting thing moving forward is, is this the model now? Is this the model of Major League Baseball where you're the team that scratches and claws it's its way yeah. in and then you play that three game series to move on you get that momentum and then you're playing good baseball because if you advance you're already playing good quality baseball you have some momentum to build on and then you get to play a team that's likely clinched early and hasn't played in almost a week yeah. and more than likely hasn't played relevant meaningful baseball in more than a month so it'll be very interesting to see if the Phillies finish the job here which I don't know if they will the Astros are a very talented team yeah but uh it's going to be a interesting to see how this new playoff format factors in. I mean, I'll tell you what I want. I want a major league baseball and I hope this happens next season. Of course it's impossible, but I want a seven game NLDS and AL has to happen. Yeah. It you need a seven game series, man. Yeah. It absolutely yeah. has to happen. Man, Rob, fix it. Uh, a couple more comments here. Rory bird saying, uh, what up, what up? Let's get it popping and bring back Kenley. We're going to talk about Kenley later in the show. Kenley Jansen doing, uh, doing some meet and greet with TMZ folks there at the airport as he comes back home to Los Angeles pound for pound on YouTube says time to Grom. I'm all for it. Let's get the pen. Let's get the ink going there. LA sports fan. Hello boys. How's y'all's postseason recoveries going currently. I'm still sad and numb. Yeah, I'm over it now. I mean, you get to the point, like you start talking about it, you get frustrated again. You think of all the, <laughs> all the, all the time and effort we put into an 111 win season uh, to be bounced in the first round. It's rough, but it's baseball. Things happen. It sucks. But uh, you know, honestly, I'm kind of, I enjoyed that, that what I did watch, I enjoyed the Philly Padres series that, that like, if you pull yourself back, you have a, you know, like a, an agnostic team view on it. That was a good series. That was a, that was a well-played series, mostly on both parts. Manny Machado do, did what he does best. He doesn't show up when the team needs him, but he hits big time, long bombs, when they already have a big time, you know, they have a lead, a plenty of a lead in the game. Basically, what I'm saying is Manny Machado still can't hit in the clutch and he can't hit when his team needs him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Manny, big emotional leader, changes Got the him. game defensively. Yeah, I would say I'm somewhere, but still in the the anger and denial part of the grieving process on the, the stages of, of grieving. I think for me, it's really pick your poison, though. I mean, the way this roster was assembled, when you considered how many guys came back from injury that really weren't close to being 100%. Guys like Tony Gonsolin, yeah. guys like Dustin May, you go down the list, Blake Trinan. I think it's a pick your poison situation where, yes, it was one of the worst possible outcomes where you lose to the Padres, former little brother in that NLDS. But there's another scenario where they make it to the World Series and now they're facing the Trastros. And what if they lose to the Trastros in the World Series? So, look, I think this... 
this organization is going to learn a lot from their early exit. And I do think that, yeah, it's going to be tough for Dodger fans. Like I said, don't try to get over this one. To me, it's like almost like a scar that you're just going to have for the rest of yeah. your life. And you just kind of have to learn to live with it. Yeah, you you could dress up a scar or whatever. You could put gold flakes on shit, but it was a shit end of the season. And they got to yeah. find a way to turn it to real gold. Is that a thing? Did I make it a thing? I like that. I was I was watching the Manning cast for a second. I'm just wondering how Eli Manning gets away with just standing there slack-jawed for plays on end. Carl says Dusty Baker Jinx will give it to the Phillies. There's a factor there, the Dusty Baker Jinx. Been to, he's been to the dance a few times. He has. Does he not has. win it. Uh, I'm assuming it's Vicky's checking in, 707 Humboldt County. Um, <laughs> Philly's plays is, uh, was in the stream or is in the stream. Says, I have no idea why I got this notification, but go Phils. <laughs> uh, Diane Schroeder checking in from Indian Wells, 760 Echo Park. Oh, Donnie boy says, where that goose flew over from. The goose, by the way. Let's go, goose. Producer Cody in the house there. Um, the goose, you can't call it a rally goose if you already had a lead. I'm, I'm one of the first people to tweet hashtag rally goose when the goose popped up on the field in the hopes that the Dodgers who were hitting in that moment could score. They did not. And there was no rally for anybody. The goose did nothing to affect the series. I think I I disagree. I think the goose was onto something. I think he was the rally goose, but those guys, they scared the goose away. I think those guys now are equivalent to what Bartman was to the Cubs, what the Billy Goat was to the Cubs as well. I think it's going to jinx that franchise forever. I mean, you know, my favorite thing to do about that video is I don't watch it just once. When I start to rewatch it, I watch it, but I pick one of the guys each time and I focus on him and I have a, it's like a new expense, a new experience, a new adventure, yeah, but uh, I can see that. yeah, no dude, Pick she hates it, bro. Thing. Like she hates my dogs hate it. I started playing. I, my dogs <laughs> went to the other room. I could fully, yeah. I fully feel with your dogs. It's, it's so bad. It's poison, but uh, you know what? At least they, what's uh, your favorite line? Oh man. I mean, the, the, the harp, the, the what's yeah, it called? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bryce yeah. is going to lose. Manny's going to cruise. cruise. Cause it's the cruise because because Bryce just he he went off on them in that series. It's a great question. Yeah. What's your what's your go to? What's what's the top line for D Max uh, uh, San Diego forty year old virgins playlist? Back Philly back. 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 Oh, the, the, back. that's, that's the extended back. cut though. They don't yeah. play oh, that. Yeah, um, yeah they have, they avoid that part. Yeah, I think reason. I think the opening di- the, the opening line just hits. Yeah, I just Philly gotta say for those guys, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't have the same heart when they did it again at the radio station. Yeah, like you got to bring it to the radio, you know. Like you got some thoughts on that over there, Cody, because it feels like you had some thoughts. It's 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 funny because I think I don't know. Like, do you think that they were embarrassed? They had to be, right? Like, there's no way that they were not embarrassed it, by. It. I mean, they obviously, you know. If the attention is there, the publicity is publicity at the end of the day. But the second time when they were at the radio station, it did not it did not no. sound the same and it didn't feel the same. He messed up. He was like, Ma- Mary, Mary's going to cruise. Manny's going to cruise. Like he, he was clearly he was he wasn't into it. I, I'm all for it. I'm all for people being into it. If you're going to you're going to sell it, man, sell it. Just go for it. Let it eat. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going if you're creating something intending to be embarrassed or be embarrassing, it was, you got to so lean bad, man. fully into it. But this is not, uh, we are not American Idol. This isn't, um, what is that? America's Got Talent. 
Let's get into it. We already talked a good about the a good amount about this World Series. It is Houston. It is Philly. Um, I'm all aboard the Philly train right now. I'm an Eagles fan already. There's no reason to not root for these guys. I didn't like them a week ago. Then I got to watch this team, and you know what? Like the the excitement, the the enthusiasm. It is very infectious. What is going on in that dugout? And it's something that I wish my Dodgers had. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Every, you know, I mean the, the, um, you know, the pumped, uh, um, a uh, Harper after he got the double, like, you know, this is my F and city yeah. or this is my, my, uh, this is my house. It's that, I mean, that's what you want to see. You know, did you see the, the shot too? the, um, you know, hit of his life or whatever, um, moment of his life. One of the first dudes up was Schwarber. Schwarber knew it was gone off the bat and like <laughs> hype, hype. That is fun. That is exciting. That is teams that want to be playing baseball and they had a scratch and claw. Yeah. To, this was supposed to be a very, very good Phillies team. They lost Harper for you know two plus months to the broken hand. And ultimately, you know, they, they, they gave it to the Padres and gave it to Bla uh, Blake Snell and, and your boy, Mike Clevenger, who maybe. Oh, Lord just potentially might be a number four starter on a bad team. Uh, wow. looks like a uh, shot. <laughs> I don't know what to say there, but um, Flashback yeah. Friday. Look, I, oh, wow. There, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. I think we look at that Phillies team. I think the narrative is very interesting because yes, they are the first six seed to get into the postseason, and they made it to the world series, but they're not this little engine that could team that everyone's making them out to be looked in the second half of the season. They had the second best record in major league baseball in the second half and, or one of the best, one of the better records in baseball yeah. in the second half. And I just think that you mentioned the fire they play with Schwarber is a guy that he's their clubhouse leader. He's a guy that yeah. lights a fire under his guys. And I think at this point, yeah, you see that dog. Now at this point, the dog has the Phillies in the dog in him. Okay. <laughs> I think at this point, it's the other way around the Phil, the dog has that Phillies. Okay. I like so I think that this team definitely has everything you want in a world series contending team. They have those aces. You have the wheeler, you have the Nola, you have those guys that can rake. And I remember covering a game back in April or May or whatever it was when the Phillies came to town and we're just sitting up there and they were hitting dangers off of Tyler Anderson. The offense was just absolutely relentless at the plate. So lots of talented hitters up and down that lineup that can have success in the regular season and in the postseason. And look, it's about the home run ball and you have guys that leave the yard in great spots. And yeah, that this was the moment of this. We are, this is the moment for Bryce Harper. This is the yeah. moment where he completely realized that potential. He is the LeBron James of major league baseball in the sense that he was that guy that was on sports illustrated when he was a teenager. He was that phenom, that chosen one. And there were some down years for Bryce Harper when it comes to injuries, people yeah. wondered, can he stay on the field? And yeah, he certainly is having his moment. You have to feel good about the fact that Major League Baseball has one of its brightest stars and the Phillies are definitely one of the marquee franchises. They're not the Dodgers or Yankees levels, but they're definitely one of the better franchises when it comes to their historical mm -hmm. relevance. So yeah, I mean, you also have to give a lot of credit to this Phillies team as far as the fact that they didn't build this team overnight like the Mets tried to do. Yeah, They really real. built this team methodically. You mentioned the JT Ramuto trade back in 2018. You mentioned the the big Bryce signing. And then, yeah, they really pieced together a bullpen that can get the job done. So yeah, they were also a team that you added a cinder guard. You added certain players 
during this season Brandon at the deadline. Marsh. Yeah. So, yeah, you feel good about the fact that I do think this is a formula now for Major League Baseball. Look, like I said on Twitter yesterday, <laughs> the Braves win 88 games and they win the World Series. Yep. Phillies, 87 wins, make it to the World Series. Next year, screw 111 wins. Give me an 86-win Dodger team that goes back to the World Series. I don't care about winning in July. I want to win in October. And the Phillies, they realize that. Also, they're a team that made a big managerial change during the season. In season. A rare managerial change that turns out to having great success. Sometimes a team does need a different voice. And you know what? Joe Girardi was not the voice this team needed. Yeah. They needed whatever the hell that what's his name? Rob Thomas. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know? (laughs) Singer. Is that matchbox? Yeah. They all look the same. You know, those terrible bands, but good move. And, and you know, I mean, I, we've defended, I don't really want to talk about Dave Roberts in the show. We've defended, we've also slammed (laughs) Dave and that does give you, like, like it makes you think a little bit. Like, what would it be like? You know, this is this is like the Marvel What If series. It's like, what if the Dodgers fired Dave Robertson, went a different direction? I mean, Rob Thompson is the model. He is the blueprint of, hey, you can change not only just any manager, a high profile manager in Joe Girardi during the season. You light a fire under your team and you go on a run. And this is a team that look, they got swept by the Cubs late in the season. I mean, they really scratched and clawed their way just to get in to the postseason. So I definitely think that the Dodgers can learn a lot from the Phillies. I think that the Dodger players at home, they can look in that dugout and say, hey, there definitely is a lot of fire, a lot of intensity. And there's an article on The Athletic that talks about how close this team is, how bonded of a team they are from all groups, from the bullpen to the starting pitchers to everyone in that dugout. So definitely team chemistry goes a long way in these deep World Series runs. But hey, it all starts with your superstar. And when your superstar, if if Mookie Betts put up Bryce Harper level numbers, maybe they'd still be playing today. I think that a lot of Dodger fans get caught up in parroting this take about, yes, the Dodgers went five for 34th runners in scoring position good point but Mookie Betts only had two opportunities with runners in scoring position he didn't set the table for the guys behind him so definitely have to hold your superstars accountable and I hope that Mookie is at a bowling alley kind of watching from out of his you know out of his uh, eyes the this World Series I mean I know he's bowling for sure but I just hope that the World Series is on and you know in between strikes he's uh taking this all in don't forget Mookie's a he's a cool guy all right he's bowling with his mama right now Get it, get it together, McCain. I'm sorry. Tell the whole Bruh, story. I'm sorry. Don't cherry pick the story. <laughs> you know you got to do. We got some more comments in here though. Handle. We got uh, flat underscore live Padres. You'll experience this feeling in ten to fifteen years. LOL. We got yeah. How do you? That was your question on that. I mean, I saw on on Twitter a lot of Dodger fans. They're getting toxic with the Padres fans. They don't care that the Padres beat the Dodgers. Uh-huh. They went all in. You saw the memes. The Padres looking at empty trophy cases and this and that. Do you think the Dodger fans have the right to go with the Padres? I mean, I personally avoided it. I don't think uh, I, I want to know part of it. We've, this network has been in and around the Padre sphere back when they were brand new to being, you know, baseball fans uh, in 2020. Um, They, they were just so, they lacked so much baseball knowledge and acumen that it was embarrassing to, to battle with them. Uh, I just, I don't care, but that that's me. Fans are more yeah. than welcome to, cause I'm sure what I, what I experienced, what I saw plenty of other fans dealt with 
with uh, the the fledgling fan base. So, you know, have have all the fun you want. I'm looking. I'm enjoying the memes. I think the memes are, are killing it. The maymays, the memes, if you will. Um, have your fun, Dodger fans, because you deserve it. That's all we have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yes, it's you did not, beat the Dodgers, but you still have no World Series titles. So if you want to keep going with this little brother narrative, I think if you, you could go that route. But still, at the end of the day, me personally, if a team beats me, the NLDS, I'm not, you know me, I'm, I'm a biggest trash talker there is. But yeah. still, in this situation, all I got to do is pose that box score of game four or pose that series score and say, hey, they beat that 111 win team. But I still think it's great that Dodger fans are are kind of uh, dancing on the Padres graves a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's all good. I love me a Jordan crying face meme anytime I can get it. When it's on a goose, even even better. We will eventually get into some Dodger talk, guys. I understand this is a Dodger show. I haven't looked at the comments. I'm sure people are annoyed that we're talking for 20-some-odd minutes about not Dodgers. But it is what it is. It's where we're at in baseball. We got some solid Dodger talk coming up your way. Uh, quickly to button it up, Harper, we learned, is him. Uh, this is his first time being in the postseason as you know a grown-up adult. His first time, he was 19. Uh, he had other sprinkles as as an early, you know, twenty year old or early early twenties year old became a free agent in, in when he was twenty five. This is you know this is a dude that has been playing for a long time, but is still barely thirty years old, which is nuts. And he is absolutely running with the stage. He he's done it before. I mean, he had a series where he was trying to keep the Nats alive in the in the postseason back when he was like. 22 or something like that. And he hit three bombs in a, in a series or whatever. The Nats still got bounced. I believe, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a Harper stats expert here, but he's had some pretty good post seasons, but this, this is a different level of human right now. Uh, uh, what you're seeing just uh, from a, a postseason like stepping up standpoint. This is, this is like what Dodger fans saw in 20 with Seager. This is what, Braves fans saw last year with Eddie Rosario, but this is a guy that for the last decade and a half that we've all been told is capable of this and is supposed to do this. And he's doing it. And it is, it is fun to watch. You know, he's, he's got this like mixed sort of reputation of being both unlikable and extremely likable. It's, it's, it's weird, but this is a, you know, Right now, whatever narratives people might have about him, I think he's rewriting some. And, and you know, right now he's, he's a dude who can put a team on his back, help lead a team when needed, you know, from the sidelines. And it's fun to watch. And it also sparked some Dodger fans, uh, the ire of some Dodger fans to see Bryce doing so well when the Dodgers had an open opportunity to sign him uh, after that 2018 season. We ran a poll on our Dodgers Nation Twitter. Fifty-four percent of fans said they they're not regretting the Dodgers not signing him. Where do you stand on that? Because obviously that's a this is one of those um, what is it? Baseball isn't real. This is like the butterfly yeah, effect. Yeah, of, yeah. If they did sign him, maybe they don't get Mookie. But who else knows what happens? But uh, what do you feel about the Harper situation? Would you have liked to seen him in Dodger blue? 
Well, it's interesting because back in 2018, the Dodgers tried not just once, but twice to get Bryce Harper. They tried to trade him for Puig. They claimed him at the waiver deadline and weren't able to get a deal done. I do think if they found a way to get Bryce Harper in Dodger blue, maybe they do like what they see. Maybe they do like all the Bryce Harper jerseys and the fan reactions. Maybe he has a big postseason and the Dodgers win a World Series. And maybe they offer him that $300 plus million contract that he was after because I'll tell you he was never going to accept a four-year 180 million dollar deal that is what the Dodgers offered Bryce Harper but looking back I'll take it yeah you'll take it yeah you'll take that happily but he was never going to take that deal but the Dodgers did have money for one of these big superstars and we knew at the time that Friedman he was going to eventually give out one of these mega contracts Mm -hmm. because before that he hadn't signed a guy for over a hundred million dollars you had that big Kershaw extension the AJ Pollock deal the Joe Kelly deal but none of the Bryce Harper level magnitude. And I do think that the way things look be- look out now, it's very Monday morning quarterback. It's very hindsight yeah. is 2020. Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, it's very recency prisoner of the moment. Like, yeah, Bryce Harper, he's going into God mode. He's all world. He's been fantastic. There's no question about that. But guess what? Mookie Betts in 2020, when you consider what he did offensively in the World Series, hitting those two home runs, setting the table throughout that entire run, and then defensively, without Mookie Betts's shoestring yeah. catch on Marcel, where Marcelo Zuna left third base early, they challenged it. That changed the yeah. entire series. The Rob job of Freddie Freeman, his future teammate, the Ozuna Rob job as well. Mookie definitely had an electric 2020 run oh, himself. So if you look back, I just don't think that Mookie, the Dodgers win the 2020 World Series without him. And then also you factor in, you got Freddie Freeman. So I think Bryce is in a great place. You, you see him doing, he said, this is my home. He said, this is my MFing city. I mean, you got to bleep that out or do like the, I mean, blur it up. Because I read that perfectly. Like, this is my effing yeah. city. Yeah, there hey, you go. There Just is. like that. So he ended up Props in the right place. The, damn, yeah. the man on the keys. Good job with the button there, Cody. Yeah, Time. I mean, absolutely. Synergy. But I will say, though, that if the, the Dodgers, when you evaluate a player like Bryce Harper versus Mookie Betts, they haven't, haven't other than Freddie Freeman, we'll see this offseason. Can they find a way to get an Aaron Judge? for a deal like that because if you yeah. get an Aaron Judge at 300 plus million dollars and you still have a Mookie Betts and a Freddie Freeman I think it all works out in the end so yeah, yeah I don't regret it I wouldn't I wouldn't replace Mookie with Bryce Harper at this point when you consider the success that they've had in 2020 yeah. and the guys that they could have coming in yeah no great take I, I, I agree with the recency bias it's so easy to say like oh yeah we would be winning if we had Bryce well I mean yeah, he's in. He's on God mode right now. We probably would have won last year if we had Eddie Rosario. That's another dude you could have got, you know? Yeah, yeah. You won in 20 because they had Seager. You could have won in 17 if you had trash cans. You know, it's really easy <laughs> to look back. You know, if we had Biff's handbook, we, we can get yeah. through these things no problem. But anyways. Like how many people, how many fans would trade Corey Seager in 2020 for their team's shortstop? I mean, half the league would have said, give me Corey Seager, sign me up. And look, let's not forget, Bryce Harper has had some injury issues in the past. He missed yeah. two months this season. Obviously not his fault, yeah. but he's a guy that's dealt with some injuries. But I do think, look, Bryce Harper, he's like the George Brett of this generation, right? I mean, he's a guy that is an offensive dynamo. He's a guy that just absolutely rakes at the plate. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a fantastic player. And he won me over when he said to that uh, reporter in Canada, that's a, that's a clown question, bro. Clown question, bro. That's a clown question, bro. Yeah, I, I, think, I know he's been called overrated by his peers. Um, I mean, he's a two-time league MVP. And I don't think enough people respect him. I don't think he gets enough respect around the league. And, and you know, this is a good time sure to watch him. Sure as hell has him. it now. 
I love uh, we're we're baseball fans here, so it's cool to see um, the people that are supposed to be stars doing what they're supposed to do. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Let's get into some actual Dodger talk now, guys. I remember uh, those guys. <laughs> back back a couple weeks ago, your Los Angeles Dodgers were playing meaningful baseball. Before that, they were playing meaningless baseball. And now they're playing no baseball, so that's fun. But as we know, this is going to be yet another offseason of great change and turnover. Andrew Friedman, if you guys watched any of our uh, roundtables, shout out to our, our boy Noah Cameras, one of our writers who joined us uh, on his first roundtable, thought he crushed it his first time under the bright lights, which I just realized that one isn't on, but whatever, it is what it is. <laughs> Hold on, wait, I'm about to get brighter. brighter. Let's, I'm, let's just, I'm just to soak this in. Oh, yeah, there it is. We have to cut all this out. Oh, yeah, look at there's There it is. Now we can start the show. Coming at you live. <laughs> man, man, man. But Andrew Friedman said... There's there's not going to be any change to the he doesn't expect change to the field, you know, staff. He doesn't expect any of that kind of change, but he does expect there to be a reasonable to significant turnover, as we all do, because the Dodgers have a number of of players that are either free agents or have options um, or somebody like Cody Bellinger, who's very much on the bubble in his roster security, because essentially they have a get out of jail free card with that um ability to non-tender. So I guess let's just dive into some of the players and then do we want to stop at each player and be like, do we think he's back or no? Or should we just run through the players and then kind of do the and you know we're gonna run through all the players and then we'll do the exercise afterwards. So you got your pitchers. You got Clayton Kershaw. Anybody heard of this guy? Nice guy. Tyler Anderson, Andrew Heaney, Craig Kimbrell, Tommy Canley. Pause for booze. Um, Chris Martin, David Price, likely retiring position players. You got Trey Turner, Joey Gallo, pause for booze, Kevin pillar, bro, Dodger legend, but the big time, uh, the options, you got Justin Turner question mark, uh, Jimmy Nelson. They're going to pick it up. It's a team option. You guys remember him blew out his elbow in uh, 21 Daniel Duffy. You guys remember him Dodger legend again. And Hanser Alberto has a what $2 million option. Yeah. I believe it was. And then of course, yeah. Cody Bellinger on the arbitration bubble of all of those names. I know you have, you have your list there. Who are the most, um, <clears throat> I guess we'll say serious, seriously in the conversation of returning, which of those free agents is most likely to return to the Dodgers next year? Well, I mean, we might as well start right at the top. And based on what they said after the season, Clayton Kershaw appears to be returning to the Dodgers. I mean, we'll see returning what happens to play for sure. Dodgers. I, I just think, look, I don't, I can't just picture him in another team's uniform, but Friedman said they, they want, they want him back that they want Clayton Kershaw back in Dodger blue Kershaw appears like he wants to give it another go. So I could see Clayton Kershaw back on another deal, similar to what we saw this season, a 17, $18 million contract with the escalators. So definitely think bringing Kershaw back, give him that farewell tour, let him smell his roses, have a Kershaw farewell tour and just allow, allow him to get all that love from the Dodger fans that he deserves. 
deserves. I can see that. But then also, I think the top priority has to also be Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson is a guy who I think it's clear they're going to offer him that qualifying offer. And I think that after they extend him that, we'll see if he accepts it. Because also, I think you could possibly look at a two or three year deal for Tyler Anderson. I mean, Almost he was give him the Rich Hill do, deal in a way. Yeah, maybe a Rich Hillish type deal. Let's give him a deal where. He understands that he benefited from being a Dodger. Yeah. He benefited from all the coaching, from the analytics, from the way they attack hitters. And I think that Tyler Anderson is the guy you want to bring back. Other than that, when you look up and down this list, Trey Turner is a very interesting one because you just doesn't feel like there's a lot of buzz with the Dodgers and Trey Turner. I think the way he finished the season defensively is the big question mark yeah. because you wonder how long would he be the Dodgers shortstop? Would it be four or five years? Will he lose a step with his speed? And when he does that, how many of those infield hits are off the table at this point? I mm -hmm. think that Trey Turner is in a spot where he did have enough success in the postseason. Say where, Hey, I did hit two home runs. And you just kind of look at that on paper. And I think there's going to be teams out there like the Orioles, like possibly the Braves, depending on what happens with Dansby Swanson, like the fighting Phillies, who will be very interesting if they do pull off a World Series win. If they say, hey, maybe we don't go out there and offer Trey Turner 300 plus million dollars and bring his buddy Bryce Harper's buddy home. So I think that's a big, interesting one. Kimbrell, have a, they've had a nice career. Zero chance of that one. Tommy Canely is a guy that... When he was right, he was looking filthy. What are your thoughts yeah. on Tommy Canley? Would you bring him back? I mean, I think he's somebody that that probably feels he owes it to the Dodgers because yeah. uh, you know they gave him a two year deal, good faith deal. They knew he'd be out for for twenty one. Came back in twenty two, took most of the year off being hurt. He could be another candidate for like a, a you know a two and eight, two and ten with some yeah. escalators type thing. So I do think he finds his way back to L.A. Uh, it, it's, it's a deal that makes sense because, like you said, when he was right, when he was on, when he was healthy, when he had his stuff right, dude was absolutely nasty. Threw way too many changeups, possibly for my liking, but he was absolutely nasty. He was on, and you you want some dudes in that bullpen because I still do not have faith in Blake Trinan to be healthy in 2023. My boy never looked right at any point, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's a big question mark at this point. I mean, I think when you look at all the guys that are going to be back in this bullpen, they're going to be nasty. I think they have a lot of depth, and I feel good about the pen as a whole. But, yeah, I think really what it's going to come down to is you're not going to have Walker Buehler next season. Julio Urias he has established himself as top 15, 20 pitcher in Major League Baseball. Is he a ace on a World Series winning team? I still think that is a reasonable question. I'm curious to see what you have to say about that. He, it's tough. It's definitely a tough question because I love, I love Julio. You know, a couple of years ago, I said that he should probably be in the bullpen. He needed to be, he, he was an option to be in the bullpen for that year because of the amount of starters they had. And the need they had in the bullpen, they put him in the rotation. It was the right move because it turns out the Dodgers can make the right moves from time to time. Um, he's been one of the better players, one of the better pitchers in baseball over the last couple of years. But I, I will agree with the way you phrased it, that maybe he's not the ace of a World Series contending team. To number two guy, for sure. Number three guy, that is, that I mean, that is beyond, you know, the the scope there he's like a he's like a a two a one c type of dude you know he he has ace potential he has some nasty stuff but you would prefer to run 
somebody else out there before him, maybe a Walker, maybe a Jacob deGrom, not a Kershaw anymore, but uh, I guess to the question, not quite an ace on a World Series staff. Extremely good pitcher. Like you said, top, I'd go top 10, top 15. Yeah. But yeah, but I think you nailed it. I do. Ace of the staff, yeah. for sure. Yeah, he's the Uri Ace of this group, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But I do think they do have a lot of work to yes, do when it comes have. to really fortifying this rotation. But one thing I want to ask you, too, when you talk about some of these free agents, some of these players that have options, is it's going to be very interesting to see Andrew Friedman's approach to this offseason because we know that he's a guy that in the past, he liked to assemble a team where they could win a lot of games early on in the season, mm-hmm. and then they address their needs at the deadline. Well, that wasn't the case this year because you had more teams in the postseason. Yeah. So that kind of changed the market. I think if Friedman is going to do his damage, I think it's going to be now, especially on the heels of such a disappointing loss there to the San Diego Padres. So I do think that if you look at this team next year, the CBT sitting around $233 million. And if you do make some big signings, that's going to push it close to that, that CBT. So you really don't have a lot of flexibility to make those in-season deals to address any issues. We know where Andrew works at his finest, and that is on the trade market in the offseason. Yeah. That's how Mookie happened, and that's all you need to say about Andrew Friedman. And then he makes the small deals heading into spring training. He goes out and he picks up picks up the the Tyler Andersons or the Jimmy Nelsons or I mean I guess the Blake or not what's his name? Um, um, um Joe Blanton back in the day was I don't know why I went Blanton, but he was more of a uh, I think he was in season. I don't remember, yeah. but that's when he works. He works in the off season. He makes those trades. He, he finds a way to honestly potentially look at kicking the tires seriously on a show. Hey, Otani type and not quite ready to talk Otani yet. Cause I do want to talk a little bit more about the free agency, but I don't know, or as I say, the hot stove, I don't know that. I mean, we, everybody's, <laughs> The but the body's not even you know cold yet, and they're talking about all these spots. Aaron Judge is going to go, and none of very few of them. I guess I mean obviously the Yankees are going to be in play. Ninety percent chance he goes back to New York, um, but uh, I don't know how active these Dodgers are going to be on the free agent market. Free agent market outside of their own guys, I just plainly don't. Plus, there are so many. There's so many prospects. They have so many dudes on the 40-man roster, for that matter. And they need to clear up some spots for the next wave of dudes they want to protect on the Rule 5. And let's be real. You're not going to get... You're not... If you see, you know, Horbit Vivas wearing Dodger blue at Dodger Stadium, there's a problem. If you see Eddie Alvarez, Eddie's Alvarez, or whatever the hell his name is, wearing Dodger blue at Dodger Stadium, there's a problem. If Miguel Vargas is your starting third baseman or a starting infielder next year for your Los Angeles Dodgers, there's a problem. But they may be quality players somewhere. If we're relying on those guys, uh, there's there's something wrong. But those guys can go out and be something important to maybe, maybe something important to another ball club. And yeah, I think no, you're I be think- intrigued. 
I mean, that's definitely a priority for me. I think they need to start seeing what they have with a lot of this young talent. I think Miguel Vargas, you have a lot of young studs coming up in, in Gavin Stone and Bobby Miller. You really have to see what these guys can contribute. James Albin, of course, we saw what he was able to do. Hits a home run his first at bat. And depending on what happens with Cody Bellinger, I do think that you're going to see them get younger. And you will see an influx of young talent contributing next season, especially early on. But I also think that this team is in a position where if they do extend that qualifying offer to Tyler Anderson. He does pick that up. And you consider some of their other other players that arbitration-wise, I mean, they'll probably have 30-plus million dollars to work with to sign one player. And I think they, they earmarked a big contract for Trey Turner, and it does feel like they've cooled off of that a little bit. I don't think that they're going to offer Trey Turner a $325 million deal. I'd be surprised if they did that. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think when you consider the fact that this team saw that this current group from a, a pure power standpoint in the postseason. And it was a very, granted, it was a very small sample size. They need a splash signing. They need a splash signing to yeah. appease this fan base because imagine if you just run this back and you got down south in San Diego, Fernando Tatis Jr. is coming back. You have a lot of interesting teams around. You're going to just run this same Dodger team back where it doesn't matter how many regular season yeah. wins you get. I mean, they can do whatever they want to promote this team, but you need some new flavor, whether it be a, a Xander Bogarts. I mean, I think I'm interested. In, <laughs> I know I you're would sign, big on the Bogarts uh, I like train. Bogarts. I also like Dansby Swanson. I mean, no. this, defensively, he is one of the best in the league offensively. He's a guy that had a great after he struggled early on. He was fantastic. And to me, I look at the value Don't and the want. type of contract that he command. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's probably going to be one of the cheaper guys, uh, cheaper shortstop options, quality shortstop. Uh, to me, I just don't want another boring white dude. It's been it's been proven this team needs a little more flavor. It needs a little more fight. It needs a little more more spark when it comes to the postseason, and this is where it's, I mean, imagine I, I mean, I am so happy. I'm not Andrew Friedman because one, I don't like millions of dollars in a nice house, but uh, imagine trying to find where to fix a 111 win team. How do you do that? Well, this is the thing. It's like you have to capture that magic. I mean, no one said that. I mean, were the 2017 Dodgers built for October were the 2022 Dodgers built for October. I mean, those yeah, teams was... were built to win a lot of games, and they just also happened to capture that magic. They also had elite frontline starting pitching. So to me, I would focus on fortifying this starting rotation. I don't want to tip off my top three wants and needs for the offseason so far, but I definitely think that, yeah, Dansby Swanson is not going to bring the passion, the fire of a Carlos Correa or someone like yeah. that, but look, the bottom line is winning solves everything, and yeah. if you win in the postseason, if you're able to string together big hits, you can find fire from players that aren't franchise players. You don't need fire from your, I mean, look at Aaron Judge. If we get Aaron Judge, would, does he have fire? Not really. He's pretty low-key, yeah, low pretty key even guy. keel, but yeah, the fire I, is I, the home run. Yeah, that's where I really yeah. don't even feel. And, and I didn't say any of that or set any of that up to like, hey, hey we need to go get Correa. I didn't even have Correa in mind with, with yeah. saying that. It's just, no, like I'm just saying example. I, I know. I'm, uh, I, I feel like, I mean, I've, I've been so, so much on the Correa train for the last year yeah. um, at different points in time that it's easy to lead to that's where I would or, or assume or presume that that's where I was going. Um, it's not, I just, I don't know how you fix the team, but I do think like, as I just scatterbrain around like Trey Turner, his, his career, like his trajectory doesn't profile as somebody you should give eight years. 
It just it, it, like you talked about the sp- when the speed goes. Okay, well that takes away his value as a hitter and as a defender yeah. at short. Where are you going to put him? He doesn't seem good enough to play third. You don't really want him at second because he wasn't that fantastic when he played there. You can't put him at first. You don't want him in the outfield because he's never really been good when he played in the outfield. Aaron Judge, he's good now. You don't know how long that big man can hold up. And then you don't want to sign somebody for 10 years and then he ends up just being a DH. Uh, you know, four years into it or something like that. Yeah. Sure. These are dudes you'd love to have. And if you're able to get the type of contract that the Dodgers wanted to give to Bryce Harper back in the day, high, uh, high annu- uh, annual average value, blah, blah, blah. You know, the words high AAV short-term deal. The Dodgers going to do that in anybody. LA is going to do that in, on anybody. The problem is some of these guys have Scott Boris as an agent. He's never, never, ever, ever going to go for that. Yeah. Maybe Correa. Maybe Correa can be got at that type of deal, but um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the last thing the the Dodgers need to do is go out there and make a panic signing just to make a signing. They're only going to make a move if they truly think that it's going to help their chances next season. I definitely think there are guys out there, and we'll get into some of those free agents in just a second, that can definitely move the needle. True difference makers that can change this team, and also they're benefiting from the fact that a lot of money comes off the books just naturally and the fact that, look, they did have a lot of money set aside to make some of these big signings. I think they have one more $300-plus million signing in them and Aaron Judge could be a possibility. Yeah, and if you're looking to free up more payroll, you know, we all know we can very easily look at 17 million off the book with Cody Bellinger because yep. I've been saying that since May that if he doesn't pick it up, he's very likely to be non-tendered. It would be at this point it would be a shock if he is tendered a contract. I am a little concerned about some of Brandon Gomes' words, Dodger general yeah, yeah. manager, who made it seem like they they do see the upside. They talked about the elite defense in center field. You, I think you can find a replacement player at $600,000 a year uh, to do just about the same thing that what we've seen out of Cody uh, over the last couple of years um, can do. So I don't take that risk. I don't take that that flyer when I could use that money towards even if it is an Aaron judge or a Trey Turner for that matter, Justin Turner is another guy, $16 million. If you're looking at it as a legacy contract, it makes sense. Um, I, I really feel like, you know, the, the, the hole isn't just shortstop as of this moment, there is a, a pretty glaring hole at third base, especially when you see Hassan Kim's double going down the line. Max Muncy is not a third baseman. He has been open about the fact that he hates the hot corner. It's his least favorite position. He'll go there. He'll cowboy up and play there, and he'll play a mediocre to okay defense. I I was surprised by what he was able to do. Like, he did not look bad, but you need at the corners, you got to have elite, or you got to have something close to it. And that that ain't it. So yeah. there aren't third basemen available on the free agent market, really. And that's where I do feel uh, Andrew will try to do what he does best and find some sort of mega trade package uh, to make some things happen. And yes, I'm sure people have tuned in here after my wonderful Otani article today and my my trade package on that. We'll get into that uh, very, very shortly here. But there is money available if you go and cut those two guys. I know you just put out a video about about Justin Turner. 
let the people know your thoughts on Turner. Is he somebody that could be back and should be back and will be back? What do you think? So for Justin Turner, I would say $16 million club option, the $2 million buyout, that's definitely an overpay for a guy, a 1.9 war player. When you look at value, that's just not worth it. Now, he was great the second half of the season, hit 349 after June 30th. And to me, though, it comes, to the, it comes down to the fact that, look, defensively, you mentioned Max Muncy. Since it started August, Max Muncy became the everyday third baseman. And next year, when you consider that you're going to have a restricted shift, can you really have Max Muncy as a second baseman in a restricted shift. I think to me, I want to see an injection of young talent. I want to see Miguel Vargas get the opportunity at third base. When it comes to Justin Turner, he's a guy that really, if you bring him back, maybe you do it as, okay, you... You don't pick up that club option, you yeah. and you say, hey, we'll sign you to a smaller deal, maybe a one-year, $8 million deal, something like that. But I just think from a principal standpoint, I would definitely be more than fine with the Dodgers just starting a new era. And I think they knew, do need a yes. new clubhouse voice. And I think Tr Justin Turner has been a fantastic Dodger. I think he's a part of Dodger lore forever with all of his postseason heroics. But the bottom line is he's been awful in the postseason for years now, not just last year, not just the year before that, the year before that as well. He's not the same yeah. guy that you can expect to produce in the middle of your lineup. So if he's going to be back, is he going to help you defensively? The answer is no. Is he going to be an adequate DH? The answer also is no. So I question the role that they would have. And yeah. I think that there's an opportunity for the Dodgers to say, hey, we're not going to just do that thing where we give these work pass due contracts because, yeah. look, maybe if you had won the World Series and Justin Turner was a big part of that, maybe you do pick up that club option as a thank you for everything he's done to this organization. But this is a business, okay? And this team yeah. needs to win a World Series. They've done less with more than any baseball team in the last 10 seasons. They need to win more World Series titles to validate what they've done in L.A. So I think tomorrow, next year... When you look at that third base spot, I like the idea of having Miguel Vargas or like a Max Muncy. He's a guy that he can get the job done. And I think that you, I don't see him as a second baseman. And you also mentioned the fact that he doesn't like the hot corner. Well, guess yeah. what? He's also told Doc he doesn't like the DH as well. So I think if he does, he's coming back, of yeah. course. I, I could see him yeah, being this, your third baseman next season. And this, this roster is absolutely pushing or, or back, sort of backing itself into a corner of for a team that's so heavily loves and relies on the defensive flexibility. Yeah. It, it, it was some of the signings they've had um, or extensions they've made or whatever. You, you can't really do very much with Max. And if you do re-sign uh, Turner or if you do go out and get a shortstop, okay, if if they don't end up you know trading Lux, who's probably their most valuable trade ch uh, chip as a – or one of their more valuable major league ready trade chip chips as a you know still young and controllable cheap dude um you don't want max as your third baseman but you can't really play him at second if you have a shortstop because lux can be there if he's still around first base is obviously gone for another five seasons um you know jt this roster now is not at a point where it could it can house a david freeze or a Chase Utley type where they're there for the veteran presence and all that kind of stuff. It's like even with the 26-man roster, they can't necessarily keep JT around to, yeah, he can hit. We know he can hit. He'll find his way to do something in the middle of the season. But like you said, not getting it done when it matters. And, you know, yeah, I mean, the, the thing disappears. is, so here's the thing with JT, too. If he comes back under Doc and if the postseason comes around, 
they're not going to be able to have that conversation mm-hmm. saying, hey, you're going to come off the bench and be a bench role player. No, he's going to throw him back out there. He's going to get dominated by high velocity pitching, and it's going to be the same old story. You just can't have that. And I think that you definitely need to have an injection of young talent. You definitely have to see what these guys can do because this is the vaunted Dodgers farm system that everyone hypes yep. up. And the reality is last season, who really held the Dodgers out of the farm system? They expected Ryan Pepio to come up and have an impact, and he just had the command issues. Yes, the talent was there, but you next year I want to see, or I'll, don't forget too about our friend Mr. Edwin Rios. Edwin Rios is a guy that maybe he gets an opportunity, but I definitely think the Dodgers, I'd be really surprised if they picked up that club option at $16 million. And look, it's not even about the money. It's never about the money with the Dodgers, right? It's about yeah, the years. It and really is. They don't have to commit the years, so knowing that, maybe they do bring him back because they value his leadership, but I think that it was such a dramatic loss in that you did get bounced in the first round, that this is a big opportunity for them to truly self-evaluate and tell themselves, hey, it hasn't worked. It just has not worked like we had hoped. Mm -hmm. And having a new voice other than Justin Turner in there, I think could spark something. Yeah, needs a true clubhouse leader that isn't part of the staff. That That isn't Dave, because we know Dave... Is a is a people motivator. He's not necessarily a clubhouse leader. He's yeah. not that guy who he's going to talk to everybody, make sure everybody's in good spirits, and that they want to be there, you know, to collect their paycheck. But he's not going to be like, you know, <laughs> you go out and you get that fucking dog. Yeah, you yeah, know, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. And that's the thing too. And that's why I always say, don't fall in love with players. Fall in like with players. Because once you fall in love with players, you start making emotional decisions. And I think Friedman has done that. I think he did it yeah. last year with Chris Taylor. I think even he did that in this this contract to bring Justin Turner back. And this is no knock on JT, but I've been in that clubhouse. And I can tell you, this guy is the leader of that clubhouse. And I think that you really have to start a new chapter of Dodger baseball next season with the core that you have intact. But you have to have a new spark. If you just keep running the same thing back, it gets stale and stale stale and yeah. stale so i definitely think that too like i'm just excited too about the potential of a miguel vargas i mean if you looked at his career in the minor leagues if you look at his bat to ball skills yeah. what are your thoughts on well, uh, Mickey I'm, vargas? I, I, I'm i'm fine open willing to see what he's about but if we're opening the season with this guy like expected to, to be, be a, third, a yeah, key yeah. role key player to be i mean they didn't play him at third he's not yeah, a not, defense yeah. a defense first infield he's our player he's never been known about uh to to be that kind of guy uh i i think his greatest value for this team is going to be as a trade chip and if people are really high on that bat because guess what if you ha- if you want you know, a, a player who can't necessarily field but is a big time bat. You got Michael Bush down in the minors waiting for you. You got other options if you want yeah. that. They should have gone with Edwin Rios. He can hit, but if you're looking for the right handed slug or whatever, if if it is McGee replacing JT as like a kind of utility guy slash DH, that's okay. I mean, that's an important part of getting to the postseason. You yeah. need that type of dude for the World Series. But if I'm opening the 2023 season and I hear Todd Lights announce Miguel Vargas, your starting third baseman, even though that's not how he announces it, and it wasn't because of an oh, injury looks- at the end of spring training, uh, that just doesn't sit well with me. That is not yeah, a team yeah. trying to get better from last year's club that lost in the first round. That is a team that's also just kind of trying to run it back with the same guys. They just didn't bring one back. Yeah, and I I expect Max Muncy to be the starting 
third baseman for the Dodgers next season because I just I don't, don't think, think that he'll start at second because of the restricted shift. That doesn't make a lot of sense to have him in that spot for him to really optimize what he can do uh, defensively. I've, I, I've seen him make some really good plays at yeah. second. No, he can't make the plays, better play. But Please. I do think the play really would be, yeah, I mean, you also can not for, ideal. It's not ideal. And also the infield defense we saw, it was the reason for a loss in this postseason. I mean, Trey Turner's defense, we got bruised our gratter on there. You got to expect a ground ball. It, it ended up at the scoring pro far later in that inning. It definitely cost the Dodgers. And I think that that's something that they have to evaluate as well. But I think Justin Turner is a guy that it just feels like it just feels like it's time to, for a new year. And I just yeah. don't anticipate oh, him being back, I especially at 16 million. I wouldn't bring him back. 16. Yeah, million. I love that take, by the way, that was a great take of, of, you know, it's, it, it is time to move on like that. JT era, one of the greatest, eras of Dodger baseball definitely in our lifetimes but but for older folks it's one of the better eras that you can say you lived through and I don't care if you saw the record setting infield and and I don't care if you were around in Brooklyn in the 50s this is one of the best yeah the, and kudos to you for still being around if you were around in Brooklyn in the 50s but this is one of the best eras of, of Dodger baseball and Justin Turner is a big part of it but it is time for a new chapter for sure because you can't just stay on we can't stay on chapter six for, for the, yeah, for no, the for sure. foreseeable future. It's like, hey, coming back for his 47th season as yeah. the Dodgers third, third baseman. Here's Justin Turner. Like, nah, this is, this no, it's good for me. Um, so we're saying uh, we're saying all that now. Do you think they bring him back? We know this. Should they? Will the Dodgers do what they do? Knowing that. This is a guy that's going to be important to this club after his playing career. I think that's a little overblown. I truly do. I mean, I think he's that he is going to be a part as far as a back. future manager. Yeah. I'm saying, like, yeah. of course, he's going to be around. He's going to be an Andre Ethier type, right? You always see him at games. He's a fan favorite. Yeah, I think a whole lot less of Dre of late. <laughs> his his role in the LA community is definitely going to be felt no matter what. But I think that will they bring him back? I think. I think it's club option or bust at this point. I don't think they'll not pick up that club option to sign a lesser deal. I don't expect that to happen because that just doesn't seem like it's the Dodgers MO, but it just feels like the Dodgers probably will consider bringing him back. But I think that everything changed when they lost to the Padres in the NLDS. Yeah. And I think that they're now taking a long, hard look at themselves in the mirror and the right decision. It's not to bring Justin Turner back. That's just the fact. I mean, he can't play third place at, a game changing level or anything like that. And then offensively, yes, he's a guy. He's almost like, like you're talking about bringing Kenley Jansen back, right? The idea of it, we'll talk about that in a second. If you brought in Kenley Jansen back, maybe he can give you saves all throughout the regular season. But when yeah. it comes to the postseason, do you really want him to have the ball in the ninth in a one run high leverage game? Same thing goes with Justin Turner. If you bring him back, can he have success in the regular season? Absolutely, he can. But when it comes to the postseason, we have enough of a sample size at this point to realize that he's a guy that you just don't trust up there with the bat to get a big hit. I mean, just look at the game two loss. Runners off the corners, no outs. He just had no. <laughs> No answer for uh, for Suarez and, and Roberts any and anyone. I mean, this is a guy that really just wasn't able to catch up with any high, any heat down the middle, and even in spots where we've seen him crush in the past. So I'm out on Justin Turner in the for next season, and that's just me because I don't want to look at this team as we're going to run the same thing back. I want a whole new. You give me the guys that are locked in, <laughs> and I want a whole new version of Dodger baseball because the reality is these guys just haven't been, been getting it done. But what are your thoughts on these, some of the other guys, the Hanser Albertos? the Duffies, the uh, Jimmy Nelson's hands are, hands are, I think 
might be back, but he's most most likely that's going to be the uh, Miguel Vargas spot if Vargas is not traded or are part of some trade this offseason. He probably has the most likely. Jimmy Nelson, I think, will be a guy that they bring back and see what he can still do in spring yeah. training. Joey Gallo, no papa. Uh, <laughs> Trey Turner, 50-50, uh, like at best. Maybe 51, leave, 49, stay. Yeah, uh, it's really up in the air. It depends on 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 the years. I do I want him back? I I've kind of seen enough postseason trade to know I don't like what I see. And in subscribing to the idea of radical change, f it. I, let me see what Lux can do. At this point, it's not. I. It's not. That's very imperfect too. But you know. Or, or, yeah. I mean, or the, my boy the, Correa, let's go. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's that option as well. I know the facts. Know the facts, yeah. <laughs> if you don't know the facts, you need to shut that up. But no, when it comes to, to the Gavin Lux idea, I think, look, they need more production from the outfield. And we saw that was sorely missed during this run. And if you put Gavin Lux at that shortstop spot, that's his natural position. Yeah. And you give him an opportunity. I think with Trey Turner, it's a situation where do the Dodgers have a realistic shot of signing an Aaron judge? Because if you give me the option of, I can have Aaron judge and Gavin Lux at short versus Trey Turner and no Aaron judge. I'm going the Aaron judge route because you win with home runs in the postseason. and Aaron judge. He's a bigger star. He's a bigger superstar. Trey Turner. I could definitely talk myself into having Trey Turner back. And if they yeah. announced that signing, I definitely would feel pretty good about it. But I just think that Trey is looking for a Corey Seager like contract. And Trey Turner is a guy that's been very durable throughout his career. He's a very dynamic player, but defensively, it, he's below right at league average, below league average defensively in range and defensive run saves and a lot of the defensive metrics. So, yeah, I do think that. That means Xander Bogarts is an option. Dansby Swanson's an option. Here's a name that I've been thinking about too. Tim Anderson is a guy that's out there that has a club option that they're absolutely going to pick up, but the White Sox could be big sellers this offseason. And Tim Anderson is a guy that his bat to ball, his ability to get base hits, his defense, I think he provide a spark and a new voice and a new dimension to this team that it could be sorely lacking. So I'm all about radical change. I'm all about shaking things up this offseason because you still have those pillars in place. You yeah. do have Freddie Freeman no, under contract. <laughs> pillar, Kevin yeah, Pillar, bro. bro. You have um, Mookie Betts under contract. This core is intact, but I think, yeah, I think when it comes to Trey Turner, it does feel like it does really feel like he ends up in the National League East. It does. It really does feel like yeah. he he ends up either on the Braves possibly or the Phillies. The Phillies. I, think I think the Orioles is a sneaky team for him too. The I I think the Phillies Orioles definitely intriguing. Phillies make sense. I mean, uh, you know, he's been linked there. There is the Harper connection. Um, if they win, they're going to want to rebuild and try to run it back. If they lose, they're going to identify, you know, what's his name? The Stott kid playing short yeah. who hit 190 or whatever. That's, an, that's a glaring area of need. And if they can try to get Trey Turner, keep him, at, bring him back to the NL East, uh, they're going to try to do that. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home.
lot of that kind of stuff coming up in the future. I do want to talk a little bit on the hot stove. We're already going long. Whatever it is, it is what it is, guys. We're we're here twenty seven hours a day. I saw I saw an interesting comment too, and we're gonna call this the first edition of like. Well, this is a hot stove, but we also have like moves the Dodgers need to make. Uh, maybe we save that for later this week on like a round table or something like that. Considering where we're at on time, somebody in the comments, and again, we haven't been great on the comments today because we've just been having conversations. So we do apologize for not being super great on the comments. Appreciate you guys for keeping the conversation going. Somebody brought up uh, Raphael Devers, which yeah. I don't know quite where the Red Sox are because they were just in the postseason last year. Not a bad team, really bad team this year. Um, Devers is an interesting case. You know, two-time All-Star. Uh, he's got some pop. He plays some third base. I do. I feel like the the need is three B. I that's where I kind of identify the need. There there's there are people that can play shortstop on this Dodger roster, even if Trey Turner leaves. There is no incumbent three B. Because Max Muncy is just not a third baseman to me. Um, Devers is an idea I'd like. I'd like to explore in a future a future edition. But but quick take any any hot thoughts? Yeah, on, I mean on I love Devers. Rafael Devers. I think you'd look the comp for him. You would probably have to consider a deal similar to the Matt Olson deal yeah. if you're, they were looking to get an extension done. But I mean the Red Sox are a team that they have made it pretty clear that this offseason they're going to prioritize trying to bring back Xander Bogarts. And if you're the if you're the Red Sox, you really want to let him go to the Dodgers like Mookie Betts and have them yeah. basically be your Oof. farm system system for the Dodgers. You don't want to have the Red Sox be the Dodgers farm system, but you have a big fan of Rafael Devers. And I think he is absolutely an impact third baseman. What he can do with the stick is really special. And I also think that I just see it as an unlikely trade. I think there are some possible trades out there to be made, but I just don't, I think that there's a possibility they, they, that the Red Sox kick the tires on exploring a trade for him. But I think that if there's one guy that they are going to sign, of the core that they developed in Boston, it is Rafael Devers. It makes sense. I mean, they, if they think he's the most retainable, you might as well go for it. They they've been, you know, real wishy washy on retaining their own stars over the last half decade. That's the thing. Yeah, they Thank really you, have. Boston. <laughs> I mean, they they really have. They really have. But uh, another yeah. one that makes a lot of sense too. And yeah, they were just in the postseason. And yeah, he was a major factor. And yeah, he's also undergoing offseason surgery uh, for something on his thumb or hand or whatever it is. But Jose Ramirez has been one of those guys that's been linked to the Dodgers for off and on for a number of years. He is by far the highest paid guardian on that roster, and would be somebody that would be just a chef's kiss to add to three B. Oh, I mean, you know, I've, I've loved Jose Ramirez for a long time. He's been one of my, he was like my field. Uh, he was like uh, my position player version of Luis Castillo. I've been about yeah. J Ram for quite some time, but by all what accounts, he, you, can we, can we get the Jose Ramirez impression? Oh, Freeman, Freeman, you're the best hitter after me. Go glove, go glove. Yeah. When they had a mic'd up, oh, yeah, they had a mic'd up. Yeah. I know he's, he's a great personality, brings a lot of passion and fire, but by all accounts, he loves playing in Cleveland. And that's why he signed that deal is because he felt good about being there. By the way, you got to love a guy that wears a chain of himself. He's got a picture of himself on his chain. So I would love to see Jose Ramirez. And I think if I could have any third baseman out there it would be having Nolan Arenado, not opt into that deal with the Cardinals. Yeah. 
and reach a deal. But I definitely think that valuing third third base defense is big. But I think from an offensive standpoint, there's a lot of there's just not that many opportunities out there for the Dodgers. And I don't think they're going to prioritize that position. I think that the real glaring weaknesses in the outfield and the shortstop position and starting pitching. I think you look at starting pitching, shortstop and the outfield, and then you think you can fill in the rest of the spots that you need to fill in. But yeah, yeah I mean, there's are some there are some attractive names out there. Ramirez is a dog, man. He's an absolute yeah. beast. And you know, unless if they don't get a deal extent, you know, an extension done with him this offseason, this is absolutely the offseason they look to move him like they did with Lindor a couple years ago. Uh, before we get into more 3B stuff, stick with us for like 10 more minutes here. We've seen the Kenley TMZ, uh, uh, them accosting him at the airport. He says he's open to coming back home to LA. He said the same thing. The Dodgers said the same thing when he was introduced in Atlanta. Um, thoughts on Kenley Jansen redo the Kenley Fornia adventure is not reopening in Los Angeles. <laughs> Look, that chapter has closed. That ship has sailed. And Kenley's a guy that had varying degrees of success last season. He led yep. the national league in saves, but he also had that stretch where he was really struggling. And to me, when it comes to Kenley, it's the good Kenley versus bad Kenley. And he was struggling with mechanical issues with his delivery. His command was off. And he's a guy you just can't trust in the postseason. Look, Kenley Jansen blew it for the Dodgers in 2017. He blew it for the Dodgers in 2018. He he tried to blow it. No, he didn't try, obviously, but he blew it in game four of the 2020 World Series. And look, I love everything he's done for LA. 350 yeah. career saves. He's definitely a legend, but I just don't want to go through that. I mean, we had to live through Kim Brelsa, Craig Crumble last season, and to bring yeah. Kenley Jansen back, I just don't want to see that because, look, there's also that emotional attachment that Dave Roberts has to Kenley Jansen. And look, let's mm -hmm. be honest. If Kenley Jansen was Craig Kimbrell, he would have been on this NLDS roster because you know the emotional time the loyalty that they have. But yeah, I mean, if you look at his numbers, though, I mean, struck out more guys. The walks were down. Yeah. He still had a solid year. But I just think that the mentality this offseason is areas you don't want to you want to step out of your comfort zone. If you're the Dodgers, yes. Kenley Jansen is comfort zone. Justin Turner is comfort it. zone. Clayton Kershaw, you've earned that, okay? He's he's in his own tier, okay? I'm fine with bringing yeah. Kershaw back, but anyone other than that, I'm not doing legacy deals anymore. No. I'm trying to win a World Series, another World Series, and I'm trying to... Oh, uh, the first one counted? It was, but I, I want a parade. <laughs> I want a parade in Los Angeles. Parade season, let's go. I, I want a parade. So the answer is no, but what are your thoughts on that? If he's signing to be a reliever in the bullpen... Probably even still no, but I I think you said it best. It's like we we don't you don't need to bring him back just for the sake of giving Dave Robertson another person he'd be beholden to. It, don't get back with your ex. Just thank you. Do better. Do new. Find uh, relief is still not necessarily an op or an issue for this team. I would say you need to probably identify a closer. Um. They have options in house, and that's why it's going to be Phil Bickford. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you guys remember and look, that. The, the reality is, when you're scoring 5.22 runs a game per seat per game in the regular season, you lead all of Major League Baseball. It's really not a lot of stress and pressure on the closer because when you have that role and it's a solidified role, you're not dragging them out there in one run games. Yep. I and mean, the Dodgers won so many games by two runs last season; they actually set a Major League record. So, it to me, it's not the fact that he can't come back and have success and be effective. It's that you just need an, a, a culture shift and bringing mm -hmm. Kenley Jansen back. 
it to me says, okay, we're trying to harken back to trying to relive those golden those golden days. Yeah. I mean, it's like it, you it, just don't do that. It sort of worked yeah. once, and he was not a he was not a part of it. Boomer Assassin, great comment here. You'll everybody everybody in the room here will appreciate. I'll take Westbrook over Jansen. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Man, honestly, Kenley's probably a better basketball player than oh, Westbrook yeah. right now. There's no question about that. Uh, yeah, and that hurts for me, too, because I'm president of the Russell Westbrook fan club. But uh, Only one no, time. Kenley, not happening. It's we don't. Want, it's like the villain from, like, season one coming back and season five. It's like, yeah. we thought we were done with you. And, like, we'll, I, we'll be happy to see yeah. you after your playing career. Give him his, his, his time. Yeah. Some sort of, not front office, but he will be around the Dodgers. He owns a very, very nice mansion, not very far from Dodger Stadium. We talked a lot about Aaron Judge. Talked some now about Kenley. We talked about all the Dodgers free agents. Now let's talk about the fun one. That's right. We saved it to the very, very end because we're assholes. Yeah, you, you can't talk hot stove. You can't talk off season. You can't talk Dodgers needs without, for some reason right now, talking about Shohei Otani. Showtime is somebody that could be traded, probably shouldn't be traded, Probably won't be traded, but this is if if the the Angels are going to get any value out of this dude, now is the time to do it. He's also kind of one of the most untradeable players yeah. in baseball because to get back the return you need for a player of that caliber, of which there are no other players in baseball of that caliber. Again, you you pick up a Shohei Otani, you're not only getting an ace. You're also getting a legitimate slugger. You're getting a two for one special. So you kind of got to look at this dude as as two, you know, two and one. You almost have to give up like one and a half times the package you would give up to get a player because you're getting two. Sure, he doesn't play both all at the same time or whatever, but um, I guess he kind of does. But he is uh, a very intriguing person that the Dodgers should be looking at, but also the Angels particularly if Artie Moreno is trying to sell this team, cannot go and trade his most valuable on-field asset. Because let's be real, Mike Trout is not an exciting player. He doesn't. Mike Trout doesn't put butts in the seats in Anaheim anymore. And he doesn't stay on the field that much in Anaheim anymore. Phenomenal player, one of the best players we will ever see play this game of baseball. He is not Shohei Otani. The Angels make a lot of their money in a season from Otani starts, both from fans actually showing up to the game, from uh, the the advertisement deals they have. Otani is going to be a massive haul. It's going to require a massive haul uh, to acquire for any team. So one, um, we'll call him an MLB analyst from the Bleacher Report, because apparently we listen to Bleacher Report now. I don't know. It's a weird offseason. He put together a trade package that I kind of, uh, I don't say laughed at, but it, it, any trade package either way is going to fetch a chuckle because it's always going to sound like too much for the other team and not enough for the Angels. But here was the proposed trade package, and then I made my own wild one. So he says Otani to L.A., um, Anaheim gets, sorry, Orange County gets Dustin May, Diego Cartaya, Michael Bush, Gavin Stone, Andy Pajes, and James Altman. So six for one. Does that sound like enough to get the most intrigued, the most interesting man in the world of baseball? Well, I think you have to consider what are, where are the angels at? You have to take the temperature of the angels. Are they willing to, do they really want to, they're, they're not going to be good. And yeah. this guy has one more year of team control. 
he, I think look, the reality with Shohei Otani is the Angels already messed up by not trading him at the last year's deadline. Because when you trade Otani with two postseason runs, two pennant races, he has more value. Now you're looking at a one-year rental plus a postseason mm-hmm. run. But I think the most intriguing part of the Otani deal is, yes, he's going to be a massive, come at a massive price. You mentioned a lot of big-name prospects. Diego Cartaya, the Dodgers' top prospect. Yeah. Now, would I flip him for Otani? I would do it if... The, the caveat for me is that he would sign an extension longer than that one year. And that has really been the model of success for this Dodger team. The formula for them is get yeah. Mookie Betts into your system, see how you do things, see how you market, see how this organization can help you beyond just being on the field. And then you get him to agree to a long-term deal. I think if you're going to tell me you're going to trade all those players for one year of Shohei Otani, why would you trade the farm when you can just get him next season and give him all the money? I think the masterful move for the Dodgers would be to drive up the price for Aaron Judge (laughs) for the Yankees to blow their load on Aaron Judge, and then you sign Otani next season. But there's also a big if. It's always a big question mark because once you hit free agency, anything can happen. And once Otani is available to all teams and he's courted by teams around Major League Baseball, you don't have the best opportunity as if you do trade him for all those prospects and you get him in Dodger blue. He likes what he sees. He likes the West Coast. And look, let's be honest, the Dodgers had a relationship with Shohei Otani when he was like 15 years old. So they have that established with him. But for me, I think when the money is there this offseason to add players through free agency, I think you consider going that route but is Shohei Otani, if that deal's on the table, I'm taking that deal nine times out of ten. But I think I mean I'm taking that deal in a heartbeat because that is a steal for the Dodgers to get a frontline starter and a a power powerhouse slugger in your lineup for just six dudes. We will rebuild. We don't we will be fine without Diego Cartaya because guess what? Will Smith isn't going anywhere. Dustin May, very expendable in the grand scheme of you would be replacing him with Shohei Otani. Michael Bush is never going to be what the Dodgers want him to be. The Dodgers want everybody to be Kike that that can actually hit. They want everybody to be Chris Taylor, but they can actually not strike out 400 times in a game. Gavin Stone, okay, just change out, you know, uh, uh, shit, who the hell was the pitcher that came up a whole bunch this year? The other kid. Pepio. No, the oh, other Grove, one. Grove. Grove. Michael yeah. Grove. They, they're the same the same type of dude. This is Grove was a little more. I mean, he made big strides. Pajes was already almost an angel, you know, three years ago or whatever. As an outman, they couldn't even get him called up this season. All of these guys won't mean a damn thing to the Dodgers. And if you're trying to take advantage of, of what you think a window is right now to win a world series in potentially in 2023, you got to make that. I do agree. And I do understand with the, if you wait a year, you can just sign them for money. Plus, you know, a draft, probably a draft pick because they're going to extend him a qualifying offer. If that remains a thing, but if you're able to get him now and plug him into your lineup now, that's a difference maker. Yeah. I mean, I would actually include more and do that deal. Yeah. Like to me, but it's that's like, the thing. Yeah. So this is where I went wild and I was hoping I haven't really looked at the comments and I hope there are people, I, I, I know there's going to be a subset of people on, uh, particularly on Twitter who hate me anyways, who are just going to be shit talking the deal just because my name put, I put my name on this, this fake deal that was just for the sake of conversation. And I mean, I literally said it's going wildly outside the box, but some of these, you know, kids online, they just be like that. My my outside of the box, <laughs> this was fun. So I gave the Angels even more. 
I said Dustin May. You got Gavin Lux. I threw in Edwin Rios because where the hell is he going to play? Bobby Miller, Diego Cartaya, Landon Knack, Miguel Vargas, Pages, Pajas, uh, James Altman, and, and Horbit Vivas. So there is a 10-player deal. The Dodgers get back. And again, out of the box, taking some flyers here. You get Shohei Otani. You also get Tony Two Bags, Anthony Rendon. Plus, Angels are sending $18 million a year to L.A., because for some reason, Rendon has a $38 million a year contract through 2026. But Rendon is the healthiest he's been in a while after some after wrist surgery this year in Angels. Check it out, halostoday.com. Um, he's the healthiest he's been. There is a glaring need that the Dodgers have, and it's at third base. And there's also a glaring need the Dodgers have, and it's, it's a frontline starter. There's another glaring need the Dodgers have, and that is a legitimate powerhouse slugger you're able to get those three dudes in two roster spots and you're trading dudes that in the grand, I would say the one that hurts the most is Lux because there is on field value from the kid. We've seen it. We've seen it this year. Kartaya is never going to be a guy who who is likely not going to be a guy that ever gets a chance in LA the same way. Kiebert Ruiz did not get a chance. Dustin may again, you're trading out that I would also do that deal in the uh, under the assumption that you could hopefully work out a longer term extension with Shohei. But Bobby Miller, there's a whole bunch of what if right there. Again, we already said Edwin Rios. He's not. He's not a factor. He's not the type of player the Dodgers want. They don't want a player that can't play defense anywhere and almost hit. Uh, ask Matt Beatty. Um, none of the outfield names are ever going to make an impact. Miguel Vargas, if he hits somewhere else, cool. If not, he's not going to be the next Jordan Alvarez. Sorry, Jordan. Give me some help. Give me a three B. Take a flyer. It's not the best deal, but if you want radical, you want change. You want that roster shakeup. You want somebody to replace Justin Turner and not have to have you keep Max Muncy at third base. There's as out of the box roster shakeup as you're going to get. And, and you know what it costs the Dodgers? It cost them two players that were on their active roster in the postseason. Tell me how much you hate it. I mean, I think I, 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 I've turn been, off fair trades. I've been an advocate for, for Otani for as long as I can remember. I mean, he's one of my pretty much like if I, he'd be my number one dream Dodger of any player in the league to be a Dodger. When you consider the, the history of Japanese players in this organization, I think he's an absolute superstar. He's one of a kind really. And I think the word unique is often overused in sports, but he is truly unique in every sense of the word. And yeah, I think from what he can do on the field, he, fills a lot of different needs as he, he he's, he's your ace he's a frontline starter that has he's not only an ace he's an ace that has stuff that plays up in the postseason yes. his splitty is filthy he, he misses bad stuff strikeout stuff he can leave the yard he can hit bombs i mean it'd be a dream come true to have shohei otani i said where, it where else do you get a a number one or number two starter and your number four hitter in the same person yeah i mean he's <laughs> it's, it's like if aaron donald was aaron Rodgers. it's like I mean, if Luis Castillo was Matt Olson. So if you consider what he can do, he's absolutely unique. And then you also consider the fact that from a branding standpoint, what he would do, it'd just be absolutely electric. I said, if I said in the summertime, I said, if the Dodgers 
traded for Otani, they'd be the Beatles of baseball. And I <laughs> think that that's absolutely the case. But I just think from, I mean, Ken Rosenthal in his podcast this morning, he talked about, and he said, look, they're really having it. There's a holding pattern right now at the angels. And if the new ownership group gives them their blessing to say, Hey, you do our dirty work and you trade Otani before we take over. It's similar to what the nationals were going through when they change owners said, they said, Hey, we want you to trade Soto so we can better assess what we have. So we can evaluate what this team is worth. But Otani's a different animal because yeah. he's, it, we, this is the curse of the Bambino. We the curse of the Otani. And I think if the angels just the optics of that even though you are changing ownership groups to trade a once in a not a generation a once in a sport player like otani to the dodgers i think it'd be tough a really tough pill for angel fans to swallow yeah. so i think maybe if you add what, those all 50 of them what angel fans it, it, you know what's crazy is if you look at ratings I mean, if you look at you, japan would love it of course they would love it. I mean, they want him in and and uh, I mean, basically you want him in L.A., New York, or maybe Seattle or someone like yeah. that. You know, with the the heritage there. But I just think that Rendon, that's a no for me. I mean, I think four years of Rendon when you, he's basically an, a league average bat at this point. I just don't I think. Mean, I don't even know if we know what Rendon is because he hasn't been. I mean, just the himself. I mean, a thirty three year old, a thirty three year old their basement has passed his prime. I just don't think you're going to get a lot of value at $38 million per year. 20. Or, or, or that's why, that's why my, the angels are kicking in $18 million. Yeah. I just don't. And, and, and that it, deal, it makes it that much better of a deal that where the angels are building themselves a future and relieving themselves of $20 million. Even, even giving the, the Dodgers $18 million is a freaking steal for Anaheim to get out of that, that Rendon deal. I mean, of course, they would want to get out of that deal. It's definitely an albatross contract, but he just doesn't feel like he's a great fit in L.A. He didn't want to sign here because he didn't want the Hollywood lifestyle. So there's that portion of it. But I think if you can get Shohei Otani, I'm willing to overpay in part way with some of these major prospects because I do think the Dodgers would have a great chance to sign him to an extension. I think that, to me, is why I'd be willing to do that deal. I think if he's not, he's not your typical one-year rental. He, mm -hmm. he fills a lot of needs and also... He, I think Dodger fans would forget about what happened in the NLDS if you could get a Shohei Otani. I think Shohei Otani, I would give Shohei Otani the MVP over Aaron Judge this season. I truly would. Yeah. I mean, I know that Aaron Judge is 11-plus war player, but what yeah. Shohei Otani is doing, it's, it'll never be done again. I'm telling you, this will never happen again. So, yeah, uh, I'm all in on Shohei Otani. I just don't think the Angels are in a position right now where they're going to deal him this offseason. I think that maybe the new ownership group comes in and they say, Hey, we are committed to winning. We are going to do everything we can with you and Mike Trout as our core to see if we can turn things around. But really, like I said, they missed the boat on Shohei. They really should have traded him. They would have gotten a massive haul. You saw what the yeah. with the pot with the Nationals got for Juan Soto. I would have I would have traded him already. But yeah, I mean I definitely think the Dodgers need a transcendent star like a Shohei on their team this yes. offseason. They missed the opportunity to get Juan Soto. And yeah, I'm not a big prospect hugger myself, but I do think those are some guys that I do think can help this team. I do think Gavin Stone can really help this team. I do think that, look, I mean, I was willing to I, give I, away our top three <laughs> prospects for Castillo, so I'm I, with I you. Say, I, I agree. I, I, I agree that you think that this is, there are prospects that are going to help this team. Do the Dodgers think they're going to help this team? I mean, the Dodgers think, thought like I, half their roster was healthy when they weren't. I mean, what exactly. I, do I, I don't care what exactly. the Dodgers think and anymore. And they have other dudes that are healthy yeah. and maybe can make a difference that they're not yeah. going to turn to. So these guys are just, they're just, 
savings. That's just their savings account. All most of these names. And there's a need on the 40 man roster. They need space. They need to move prospect capital or else they're going to lose other prospect capital to rule five draft this year. They are in the Dodgers have, have also backed themselves into a really ugly 40 man roster crunch. And if, if you're, you find a way to alleviate a number of problems uh, with my stupid deal that it will never happen. The angels aren't trading Shohei, but if it happens, let's make it happen. Anyway, those are all of our Shohei Otani thoughts uh, for now, up until later in the off season. So you guys let us know, would you do a deal like this? Do you think Shohei Otani would be traded, will be traded this off season? Does Anaheim have any idea how to run a baseball club? And is Anthony Rendon way too far uh, spoiled <laughs> to be worth picking up for these Dodgers? So let us know your thoughts on all of this in the comments below. Uh, and, you know, while you're here, find us on the internet at DodgersNation.com. Subscribe to Blue Heaven on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Everywhere your podcasts are available for free. Thank you guys for hanging out with us for this long. I hope you enjoyed it. You got something? Yeah, Daniel um, uh, put a, 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 give you guys a, what is it called again? A donation. Super Chat. Super Chat, that's right. 149 and all it was was a uh, pink umbrella. Oh, I've always wanted to have a pink umbrella. We will be better on the comments next week. Uh, Doug and I just really love talking baseball, but appreciate the insight as, as always. Follow that guy. is a great follow on the Twitter and on the Instagram. That is at DMAC underscore LA. I am RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, thank you for all your comments. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for hanging out with us. As always, make sure you guys are subscribed to us on YouTube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. Mash that thumbs up. Uh, subscribe, hit the bell, do all the things, and uh, we will see you next Monday. Bye.